When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome one, welcome all to the Court of the Trashy Royals, where we assemble each week to reveal and revel in the tales of our betters behaving badly. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, Alicia here. Thank you, thank you one and all for joining us for today's ride through the naughty nobles of the Mountbatten family. I gave everybody a little bit of a breather last week with Louise and her gay boyfriend Shakespeare. Easy enough, not terribly high on the scandal charts. This week, we are moving along to a little bit more scandalous to kiddo number three, Prince George of Battenberg, the second Marquess of Milford Haven. Totally a real place. (laughs) As chaps go, George, not too trashy. He's rather a good fellow. Growing up, George is a legend to the future Queen Elizabeth II. He's simply one of her favorite people. George will marry. His bride is Nada de Torby, and her affairs will cause international complications <laughs> to both high society and the royal family. Sounds good. Before we begin today's ride of Naughty Nobles, we do have a few fine folks to thank for their recent support at patreon.com slash trashy royals podcast. Thank you so much to Corey C., Sabrina W., Doris M., Kai, Meredith H., Stacy E., and Karen C. Y'all rock. If you are interested in getting Trashy Royals delivered early and ad-free, patreon.com slash Trashy Royals is the place to go to find out more. Thank you to all of our supporters there and you for joining us today. With no time to waste, let us anon to Prince George of Battenberg, Marquess of Milford Haven, and his wife, Nadeda Mountbatten, Marchioness of Milford Haven. Kiddo number three. Remember, Alice comes first, then Louise. George is third up. And as chaps go, George is a really fine fellow. George is the guiding influence for a young Prince Philip long before George's brother Louis steps in. George's wife, Nadeda, that's N-A-D-E-J-D-A, She goes by Nada, N-A-D-A. That's what she's called. Nada causes a whole lot of scandal. Heaps and heaps of scandal with all sorts of spider webs before and after her scandals. So let's start with our prince. George Louis Victor Henry Serge Mountbatten. It's a lot of names. A lot of names. Was born on the 6th of November, 1892. Coming in as kiddo number three in the very happy marriage of Princess Victoria and Louis Battenberg. George is a Scorpio kid. Remember, two sisters ahead of him, and 
George is so smart. He's so clever. Also, George is born a prince. But remember in this story, Prince George of Battenberg, the Battenberg title goes by the wayside and they pick up the Mountbatten's in 1917. Prince George will get his own, even though he's a grown man, a baby title here. From 1917 on, Prince George is known as the Earl of Medina. His father gets his Marquess of Milford Haven at that time. When his father Louis dies, George will be the next Marquess of Milford Haven. Order of the King and all that. Okay, backing Prince George up. Growing up, though, he is recognized as the most clever cadet the college had ever seen. This is when George was at Dartmouth Naval College, which he graduates from and quickly goes into the Navy in 1913. He's promoted quickly. He's going to serve in World War I. And what is war without a romance? <laughs> George will marry in 1916 in an interesting marriage to a very provocative woman, Nada de Torby. Nada happens to be the great-granddaughter of Nicholas I of Russia. Hmm. In the book The Mountbattens, The Lives and Loves of Dickie and Edwina Mountbatten, author Andrew Loney writes, In November 1916, George had married the vivacious and exotic Nada de Torby, a daughter of Grand Duke Michael of Russia and great-granddaughter of the poet Alexander Pushkin, and Countess Sophie of Marenburg. Nada is big time. Sure. Big deal. But she's not as big of a deal as she would be because her parents' marriage was really controversial. You want to guess why? We've seen it before. Morgan Attic? You got it. Uh. Uh-huh. And after Grand Duke Michael of Russia marries, Grand Duke Michael's exiled from Russia. The couple goes to live in France and England. Grand Duke Michael causes such an uproar that Tsar Alexander III had Grand Duke Michael stripped of all of his military titles and not only that, banishes him for life. When Grand Duke Michael's mother learns of his morganatic marriage, Mama collapses and dies. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> like pretty shortly thereafter. Grand Duke Michael is not even allowed to come back into the country to attend his mother's funeral. Wow. It was Sophie's uncle, Adolf, Grand Duke of Luxembourg, who gives Nada her title of countess. So, morganatic marriage. She's, I mean, she's the daughter of a Grand Duke, for goodness mm -hmm. sakes. Nada herself, she was born in Cannes, but moved to England when she was very young. Her family would still spend several months every year in Cannes. Her father was especially influential and prominent there. Grand Duke Michael's kind of his own story, but among the international set in the French Riviera, Grand Duke Michael was known as the uncrowned King of Cannes. Wow. After moving to England, her parents, not his parents, become popular members of British society. Guess who Grand Duke Michael was really chummy with? Dirty birdie. You got it. King Edward VII. Edward the Caresser. Michael and Sophie, mom, would visit the king and queen at Sandringham or Windsor Castle. Michael and Sophie are frequent guests for meals at Buckingham Palace. Bertie even appoints 
Grand Duke Michael Honorary Knight Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order. Hmm. Now, Grand Duke Michael kind of never lets it go. He's mad. He's mad about his banishment. He's mad just because for love. His love for Sophie gets him exiled. In 1908, (laughs) Grand Duke Michael publishes a novel called Never Say Die. Oh, my God. Which was about a morganatic marriage. Was it? Uh Uh-huh. Clearly, very, very clearly written from his resentful perspective on his own life. He writes in the preface. You ready? Oh, God, so bad. Grand Duke Michael from Never Say Die. Hmm? Belonging as I do to the imperial blood and being a member of one of the reigning houses, I should like to prove to the world how wrong it is in thinking as the majority of mankind is apt to do, that we are all the happiest beings on this earth. There is no doubt that we are well situated, but is wealth the only happiness in this world? And it's weird that he went on to write a book about a group of kids in Oregon who go find a pirate treasure ship. (laughs) Because the Goonies never say die. Well, that was the sequel to the James Bond never say die film. All right. Here's the thing, though, with Grand Duke Michael. It turns out kind of Mike's uh, Russian royal family had done him a pretty big fat favor by exiling him. Turns out. Never say die. (laughs) Uh, Because three of Michael's brothers were killed by the Bolsheviks Mm -hmm. in World War I. Yeah. Michael and Sophie and his two daughters, Nada and Anastasia, are living safely abroad Mm -hmm. by this point. As of 1910... Old Mikey and the family are located, they're living in Kenwood House in London. Michael, just let me remind you, is the great-great-grandson of Catherine the Great, second cousin of Tsar Nicholas II. He's renting this London home for like cheap, 2000 a month or something. When I say home, I mean palatial estate. Yeah, I mean 2000 a month in those days was a lot of money. Kenwood House is located up in Hampstead. It has quite a storied history all on its own. But here's the one thing I want to tell you about Nada de Torby, because she is going to marry George, I promise. We're getting to that point of the story. Her coming out party has its very own Wikipedia page. (laughs) Let me tell you, she was presented in her own coming out in 1914. This is called the 1914 Kenwood House Ball famous party. And wowza, this ball. There's literally an entire Wikipedia page filled with details of this night. It's a fascinating night in history, attended by pretty much the entire sorted cast of characters I have written about for years and years and years. But I'm going to pull this just from the top of the wiki for the major details about the 1914 Kenwood House Ball for you. A ball was held at Kenwood House, London by Grand Duke Michael Mikhailovich of Russia on the 11th of June, 1914. The ball was held in honor of Michael's daughters Anastasia and Nadeda and marked the coming out of the latter, who was aged 18. It was attended by a large number of British and foreign nobility, including King George V and Queen Mary and was one of the big last social events before the start of the First World War. 
The night featured a dinner and dance demonstration by Maurice Mauvais and Florence Walton. The latter was the first Royal Command performance by American dancers. Queen Mary specifically requested a demonstration, you ready, of the controversial tango, as she had not seen one before. (laughs) They did the tango. Sure. A ball after dinner was attended by, want to guess how many members of society? 1,300. 2,000. Okay. And was accompanied by a Viennese orchestra. Hmm. Telling you, we just don't party like we used to. (laughs) Now is a great time to take a quick break, and we're going to get back to the real trashy scandal in this one. We'll see you on the flip. George and Nada, big ball, 1914. They marry in 1916. George and Nada have two children, a girl in 1917, a boy in 1919, and things progress. But the thing I really need you to know is that Nada was known for her unconventional lifestyle, most especially her frequent affairs with women. Hmm. She's kind of legendary. And all that's fine and good. Everyone loves a unconventional British house country party, but alas... It becomes Nada's affairs with women become a little bit more complicated when we connect them to American royalty, the Vanderbilts. Wow. Tell me more. This is some real trashy friends. Stacy, you've watched Shit's Creek, mm-hmm. and one of your favorite scenes is the fold the cheese scene. Indeed. I can't be any clearer. Right. Mora trying to teach David. How to fold cheese. But she's not teaching. She just no, can't be any clearer. Because she also does not know how to fold cheese into a skillet full of enchiladas or something. So if you're asking, why is Alicia talking about this? Mm. I just want to let everyone know that this is a real fold the cheese kind of moment for me. Stacy, you and I make trashy divorces. We make trashy royals. I make a little solo thing called done and done. This story intersects them all. We're talking about it here on Trashy Royals. We've talked about it on Done and Done. But this piece that I'm telling you is only a very tiny segment of a bigger, more enormous story. If you want more on this, fold the cheese over on Done and Done, episodes 36 to 42. Especially episode 40, because it really does connect into it all. I'm folding the cheese. I cannot be any clearer. Mm. In 1934. After 18 years of marriage, so much happening. George and Nada, I mean, almost 20 years. People itch. I get it. Nada's been itching forever. But the itch of Nada, <laughs> Nada's is going to land the couple into some real scandal here. Headline news all over the world. In 1934, there is a scandalous child custody trial over the very young Gloria Vanderbilt. She's about 10 years old at the time. And Gloria Vanderbilt's aunt, Gertrude Whitney, accuses Gloria's mother, also named Gloria. (laughs) There's Gloria Sr. and Gloria Jr. Gertrude Whitney, Gloria Jr.'s aunt, accuses Gloria Vanderbilt Sr., Jr.'s mom, of being an unfit mother. Gertrude and Gloria Sr. fight it out in a New York City courtroom with sensational news coverage. Now, in order to prove that Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt was an unfit mother, Gertrude Whitney finds many, many 
witnesses to come forward with all kinds of accounts about Gloria's very sordid lifestyle. After Gloria's Vanderbilt husband passed away, Gloria Sr., goodness, she's very young, she's very wealthy, she's very widowed, she's going to take off to Europe and go between Paris and London and Cannes and Monte Carlo and Switzerland with this fast set of glamorous European aristocrats and royals. And as long as young Gloria is with her, young Gloria's trust pays the bills. Hmm. So if little Gloria tags along with mom with her grandmother or her nanny or her governess, mom can live this sort of international lifestyle of sin on the kid's dime. Yes, a jet setter pre-jet. Now, Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt was briefly engaged to the charming but penniless Prince Gottfried of Hohenlohe-Langenberg. The engagement was broken when Gloria Vanderbilt was told that she would not be allowed to access her daughter's trust anymore if she married Prince Gottfried. Oh, wow. Since Prince Gottfried had no money to speak of, Gloria and Gottfried would be unable to support themselves, so Gloria Vanderbilt Sr. perseveres. So, family ties here. Just a few fun little family facts to tie in. Prince Gottfried of Hohenlohe-Langenberg was a son of Princess Alexandra of Edinburgh. We know Princess Alexandra through association. She's the younger sister of Missy of Edinburgh, later Queen Maria of Romania, mm-hmm. and Victoria Melita, also known as Ducky. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Ducky and Missy would be Prince Gottfried's aunts. Okay. Okay. Now, even more interesting as family ties go, huh? Gottfried, after his engagement to Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt was broken, he will end up marrying his second cousin, Princess Margarita of Greece and Denmark. Princess Margarita of Greece and Denmark was the daughter of Princess Alice of Battenberg, mm-hmm. the eldest daughter of Princess Victoria and Prince Louis, making Princess Margarita the elder sister of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. This also makes Margarita the niece of Nada Mountbatten. Okay. So many family trees. But it's all just the same tree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In October of 1934, Gottfried and Margarita married. Now both travel to New York to testify in favor of Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt at the custody trial. What are they there to testify to? Gottfried's affair and engagement a few years earlier with Vanderbilt. Now, Godfrey's wife, Margarita, had met Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt while visiting her aunt, Nada Mountbatten, and allegedly believed the two women were having an affair. Maybe not the greatest person to have testify? Well, Margarita is then interested in restoring her aunt's reputation, Nada's reputation, when she was openly accused of the affair in court. Hmm. So here come Gottfried and Margarita, the prince and princess of Hohenlohe-Langenberg, speaking out on behalf of Gloria Vanderbilt and Nada Mountbatten and vouching for their morality. 
A few years later, in 1937, both Gottfried and Margarita would join the Nazi party. Mm. Okay, so this leads us back to Nada Mountbatten, Marchioness of Milford Haven, who was undisputedly a great friend of Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt, but also, drumroll please, her lover. You can lie about it all you want to. It doesn't really change the fact that, hey, you know, everybody's into it. And you just don't normally find it happening in a court. So the tabloid coverage of this was extreme. Vanderbilt's French maid will come in and testify in court, says she saw the two women in bed together. She said more than that, but the two women in bed together lounging over papers acting as a couple... The idea of this is so scandalous that immediately the judge requires all the press to leave the courtroom. Press can't even hear it. It's too scandalous. That's amazing. The maid testifies, Mrs. Vanderbilt was in bed reading a paper and there was Lady Milford Haven beside her with her arm around Mrs. Vanderbilt's neck, Lady Milford's arm around Mrs. Vanderbilt's neck and kissing her just like a lover. La scandal. All right, the people that were remaining in the courtroom, because the press is gone, but there's still some observers. Sandwiches drop to the floor. They're so stunned. There's complete silence. And then there's so much commotion that the maid can't even be heard anymore testifying. Then the judge requires everyone except the parties in the case to get the heck out of the courtroom and then calls the remainder of the trial to be held in private for the future peace and self-respect of the little girl. Nothing else from that point is publicized because that is the thing that shuts it down. Wow. Everybody out. Lesbians in my court? Right. Oh, okay, but we're not even close to done. Fold the cheese. Ever got your cheese? Grate some more cheese because we're going to get it folded in. (sighs) Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt has a twin sister. Telma. Telma was the mistress of the Prince of Wales and future King Edward VIII. Telma comes in and testifies on behalf of her sister and calls these claims outrageous. Coincidentally, sweet Telma, she really was head over heels about Eddie VIII. David was his given David, name. David, yeah. David, yeah, David. We're going to hear a lot more about David in coming episodes, but Telma, mm-hmm. so in love with David, he gives her this little silver teddy bear, mm. and she brings it with her over to the States to testify for her sister, because that's what a good twin sister does. Absolutely. But coincidentally, it was during Telma's time in America, supporting her sister at this trial, that Telma asks her good friend... Wallace Warfield Simpson to look after her David. Babysit David. To look after her little man, her Prince of Wales, and, you know, just keep him entertained while she's over helping out her sister. She'll be back in no time, Wallace. What a consequential legal case this turned out to be. What did you say? Consequential? Yeah, I agree. Consequential. Yeah, we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Oh, more coming on that in future Mm -hmm. episodes. Mm -hmm. But we are here for George and Nada. So Nada and her sister-in-law, Edwina Mountbatten, Mm. who will be the bride of kiddo number four, Prince Louis, 
they're also close friends who spend a lot of time together. Again, from his book, The Mountbatten's, The Lives and Loves of Dickie and Edwina Mountbatten, Andrew Loney talks about this trial and adds, Rumors had long circulated about Nada's colorful sex life and her love of lesbian bars in Paris and the south of France. But here was public evidence. Gloria had been a frequent visitor to Nada's home, Linden Manor, near Bray, and of course Nada was close to Edwina. Now for her part, Nada apparently actually considers traveling to New York to give testimony herself and refers to the allegations as malicious, terrible lies. But Nada is talked out of this. Can you imagine how uncomfortable this is? King George V and Queen Mary are like, Hey, Nada, we need to see you here at the palace. Come on over for tea and cucumber sandwiches. Needless to say, George and Mary talk Nada out of that big plan, saying it would bring far too much unwanted attention to the relationship between their son, the Prince of Wales, and Gloria Morgan's sister, mm-hmm. Telma's, right? Their mm-hmm. relationship. David, it's David, not, David. Nada, you're going to screw yourself up. Why would you do this to yourself? Mm-hmm. It's Nada, don't do that because David will not be safe. Uh, I think in the Schitt's Creek parlance, it's, ooh, David. <laughs> All of this scandal was something George and Mary did not want to be associated with any more than necessary. It's nasty stuff. That is a wild confluence of things. But when you know that everybody's in the same tree, Mm -hmm. and if they're not in the same tree, they're in the same forest, Mm -hmm. with their root systems touching through money or privilege or power or something. It's all nasty stuff. Again, that whole entire scandal is already folded with layers and layers of delicious cheese over on Done and Done. But to your point, Stacy, I do love how it all comes together. George, Marquis of Milford Haven, passes away not too many years after this. He will pass away in April of 1938, dying at the age of 45. He's not too long lived. He dies of bone marrow cancer. Prince George, George Mountbatten, Marquess of Milford Haven, definitely leaves loved ones who mourn his loss. Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, being one of the most. Right, because he had been a mentor and Philip was like a teenager around this time. And Philip grows up with Uncle George. Yeah. So once Uncle George is out. One of the few points of stability in Philip's He's life. his father figure. Yeah. And now Louis's got to take over mm-hmm. as the father figure. And I'll let y'all decide about that one next week. <laughs> Nada, for her part, she goes on to have many, many adventures. Until her death, January 22nd, 1963. Many of those adventures are with her sister-in-law, Edwina, who again is married to kiddo number four of Princess Victoria and Louis Mountbatten. That would be <clears throat> Louis Mountbatten, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Dickie. Dickie to friends and family. Dickie and Edwina, they are super colorful and super trashy. So much they require their own episodes and all of those tales 
and so much more begin next week on our episode of Trashy Royals. Again, for this one, Trashy Crowns, I don't know, they're all in the root system of how everybody's connected. Yeah, that's a lot. Everyone's involved and no one wants to blow the cover on any of the secrets of the scandals, but not because they want to protect that person. They want to protect their own secrets. Well, and this is Anderson Cooper of CNN. This is his grandmother who is, this is in his this legal fight. Well, his oh, mother his, is the child yes. in question. Correct. So his, anyway, it, it is it is a lot. It's a lot to get your mind around. It's a lot. It, again, if you do want a deep, long series, done and done, 36 to 42, gets into all the Vanderbilts 100 years before and what happens with Gloria after uh, back to Trashy Crowns. George, again, pretty decent fellow. He's a good guy. Jolly good fellow. Mm-hmm. Decent mate. Nada? Mm. Mm. <laughs> She's pretty scandalous and truly her Wait, adventures. Did, you called her unconventional? <laughs> yeah. Uh, her adventures have really only just begun. Okay. Wait till she and Edwina spend the 30s and 40s as a crime-fighting investigative oh my duo. God. I mean, not really. They don't... But they're... And yet... The fact that you can say that is uh, no. I the can't two wait of them just more. like to take off and go on adventures together, and whoa is what I'm saying. Our adventures really are only just beginning. Thank you, thank you, one and all, for spending your time with us today, for telling your friends about Trashy Royals, for your kind emails and ratings and reviews, also your support on Patreon. I am thrilled about coming back next week for Dickie and Edwina. It's simply too trashy. We had to get through Mm -hmm. Alice and Louise and George, but really get ready for the spotlight to shine on some Dickie and Edwina. Sounds good. I can't even wait. I think I can't even wait either. It's trashy. (laughs) It's so trashy. It's my favorite stuff. Y'all are my favorite people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Again, being awesome. Until we meet again next Thursday. Seriously, keep your eye on the crown. You never know where it's going. Polish up that throne. (laughs) Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye.